Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. Let's stand and pray. If you would just open your hands. Father, we pray today that your will would be done. We ask, Lord, that you would do what you want to do in this day. This is your place. This is your house, Father. And we ask, Father, that you would come. I pray, Lord, that your peace would rest on each one of us and that you would give us ears to hear that we would be able to all hear your voice and know what you're saying. I pray for softened hearts right now to receive all the things that you want to give. And in this moment, Lord, I just ask, let us see your face and let us all encounter your presence. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, this Sunday, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to talk about prayer, which I found very interesting because I've never, never particularly preached on the topic of prayer. And as I've been, this is something that's been on my heart for a few weeks now. And the more and more I dig into it, what I've found is this could actually probably be at least four or five sermons. <laughs> and so I'm going to do my very best to narrow this down in the 37 minutes I have. <laughs> but I want you to know that prayer is very important. Having a lifestyle of prayer is a part of being a Christian. It's a part of following Jesus. It's a part of seeking Him. And what we see in Scripture, when you, when you look at Jesus, Jesus is the perfect example of what a Christian should be. No one models what it looks like to be a Christian better than Jesus in the Scripture. Jesus was recorded praying more than anybody else in Scripture. He prayed, he, he prayed before choosing his disciples. It says in Luke 6, 12, that he prayed all night long. He said one day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. And then what came after that is the choosing of the 12 disciples. Jesus modeled the perfect lifestyle of prayer. And the way I see it is, if, if he prayed as much as he did, then why shouldn't we? If we are Christians and we are followers of Jesus, this needs to be ingrained in our life because he prayed Amen. all the time, so much. Going to the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, verse 9 through 13. 
And I'm going to read it in the, the New Living Translation. I know we're all used to the KJV. So it might be weird looking at it in that translation. But it says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. This is an example of what it looks like to pray. Number one, that the Lord's name may be kept holy. Number two, that we pray that God's kingdom comes soon. Number three, that His will would be done on earth. How should we pray? We should pray for the will of God to be done on earth. Because it's not about our will, it's about His. Number four, we pray for provision. Give us today the food we need. Number five, forgive us of our sins. The Bible says that we should repent daily, that we should ask for forgiveness every single day, that we should turn to him every single day, that we should change the way we think and set our mind on him every single day. Prayer keeps our mind set on things above, like it says in Colossians 3, 2. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. When you're talking to someone, your attention is focused on them. Your mind is set on them. And prayer is talking to God. It's having a conversation with the Father. And so the more we have a conversation with Him, the more our mind is going to be set on things above. Prayer keeps our our focus. It keeps our vision in the right place. And then number six, as we forgive those who sin against us, forgive others who sin against you. Number seven, don't let us yield to temptation. Pray that the Lord would give you strength to not fall into temptation. And then number eight of the Lord's Prayer, rescue us from the evil one. We should always pray for safety and we should put on the full armor of God. When I look at Jesus in the Bible, when I look at him in Scripture, when I see how he prayed all night for disciples, when I see when it talks about in Mark, when it said that he would get up early in the morning when it was still dark to pray, when I see the times when he would withdraw away from the crowds to pray, how much more should we? If we're not talking to him, if we're not having a conversation with him, how do we know him? Most people will wait in a line for three hours to ride a roller coaster. But we won't wait ten minutes to hear from the voice of the Lord. Why is it easier to wait 20 minutes in line to get our coffee at Starbucks than it is to wait 20 minutes and pray and ask the Lord to speak to us and actually sit and wait for Him to speak? He wants to speak to us. He wants to have a conversation with us. But we need to talk to him. 
He's always waiting. He's, he always has his ears open. He's always right there with us, beside us. But we have to turn our attention to him. And that happens when we start praying him, to him more, when we start talking to him more, when we start seeking him more. I heard, uh, I heard a really amazing quote um, by Michael Koulianos of Jesus Image. He said, God's not going to use you to reach out if you don't know how to reach up. We have to know how to reach up. Because when it comes to prayer, the, the power isn't in the prayer. The power is in Jesus. He's the one who holds the power. It all comes from Him. We are just agreeing with His kingdom and we're agreeing for His will to be done. But the power always comes from Him. In Ephesians 6.18, it says to pray particularly in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Pray for all believers. Pray in the Spirit. Pray with our attention and our focus and our gaze set on Him according to the will of God. Be aligned with Him. Be evenly yoked with Him and pray in that way. Pray for His kingdom to come. Pray for His will to be done. That should be the focus. Prayer is not just you go to Him when things are bad. Prayer is not just you're asking Him for this and that. It's having a conversation with a friend. He should be our best friend. And there should be nothing, nothing more important. He should be the number one priority. It's not us it's him there's nothing that we could do it's all him he's the one who has the answers but how would we know that those answers if we didn't talk to him how would we know how to move forward in a situation that we're in how would we know the next steps to take if we don't ask him Every single person in this room, there's a call on your life. There's a purpose on your life. God has a calling put on you. And I don't know that, but God does. And how are you going to know that if you don't talk to him? (laughs) There's a person that he's created you to be. He's designed you to be that person. And when you step into that identity, when you step into that calling, you are living the best life you possibly could live because that is the way God designed it. That identity, that person he's created you to be, when you step into that, that's the best life you could live and there's nothing better because God's good. Everything he does is good. So the plans he created you for, the purpose that he created you for is good. So we need to talk to him and ask him, what is my purpose? You don't have to feel ashamed if you don't know that. But what I'm telling you today is you have the answer to how to know that. You talk to him. You pray. You seek him. He wants so much more for us than we could ever imagine. And it's not just one person. It's not one person in this building, it's all of us working together, stepping into the role that he has for us. It's not me. It's not Sam. It's not Eliza. It's all of us as a body. 
But we have to step into that. And it says the more that we seek Him, the more we'll find Him. The more we'll hear Him, the more we'll know His voice. You know, I learned something a long time ago. Someone said, they were talking about how people know if money is counterfeit or if it's real. And the, the process that people use to know if money's counterfeit is they won't spend all their hours and all their time studying the fake thing. They're going to spend all their time and all their hours studying the real thing. And because they spent so much time looking at what real money looks like, as soon as the fake comes, they know it immediately. If you don't spend your time with the Lord and you don't spend your focus on Him instead of what the enemy's doing, then how are you going to know when something comes along and it's not Him? If you don't know, if you don't know the voice of the Father... How are you going to know when the enemy's speaking to you and not think it's him? Because the enemy is going to come, not, he's not going to come to us in this terrible way. He's going to come to us in this enticing way. He's going to make us think that it's God. How are we going to know that it's not God? It's by spending time with him every day. It's by seeking him. If you want to, the only way to know the voice, what the voice of the enemy is like, you have to know the voice of the Father. Because there's a clear, distinguishing thing between the two. And we have to know when the Father is speaking and when he's not. Because it's very easy to get things mixed up and to get things twisted. And as we spend more time with him, as we seek him more, as we just get on our knees and say, Lord, speak to me. And we do that every single day. He's going to lead us. He's going to guide us. And he's going to tell us the, these next steps that he has for our life. I will tell you, it was very hard when I was praying. I was praying more than I ever had. And it was so hard when the Lord said, <laughs> I love you guys. It's so hard when the Lord said, I'm supposed to be here long term. <laughs> because I so much wanted to be on the mission field. And I thought that that's where I was supposed to be right now long term. And I was wrestling with the Lord for two weeks. I, I, he, he gave me clear signs about being here. He spoke to me clearly about being here, but I kept brushing off thinking, maybe, maybe it's not him, maybe it's just me, maybe, you know, I don't know. But no, I'm clearly supposed to be here. <laughs> it was two weeks of wrestling, and when I submitted, I stepped into the calling that he had for me, and I'm still stepping, that, that's your whole life, you're still stepping into that. And ever since that happened, I've noticed how the Lord has started to begin to bless me more and more and more as I've stepped into that. When you step into what he's called you to do, he's going to bless you because he's a good father. And a good father knows how to take care of his children. What is the purpose that he's called you to? What is he telling you to do? Who, who are you? Who is that person that he's created you to be? It's all, every person's unique in this room. And that is the way that God wants it. 
He doesn't want you to be a copy of someone else. He wants you to be the person that he's created you to be. And only God has that answer. No man does. Only him. When we look at Luke 5, verse 12 through 16. It's when Jesus healed a man with leprosy. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. It's always Jesus who holds the power. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus instructed him to tell anyone Instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened. He said, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed for leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But despite Jesus' instruction, the report of his power spread even faster. And vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Jesus always had vast crowds around him, needing all kinds of things, needing healing of their diseases. And Jesus still would withdraw to to go to the wilderness and pray on his own alone. All the time, every day, someone needed something for Jesus. Someone needed something from him. Someone needed healing Whatever it was, some, somebody needed something from Jesus, and he would have crowds around him all the time. And yet he still found the time to go alone, away from everyone else in the wilderness, to pray to God, to pray to the Father. Prayer is not going to always be this convenient thing. Do you think that in in the eyes of the world, Jesus withdrawing when you have who knows how many people needing your help right now, do you think in the eyes of the world that was a convenient thing? (laughs) People were probably like, what are you doing? The disciples probably were like, what are you doing? You have all these people who need this help from you, Jesus. Why don't you tend to, to these people? Why are you going to the wilderness to pray? We can do this another time. And yet he still withdrew. It's not always going to be convenient. Spending time with him is is not supposed to just be when you're comfortable. We, We need to spend time with him at all moments in our life, whether we're comfortable, whether we're happy, whether we're having a good day, whether we're having a bad day, at any time. <laughs> is it good now? Yeah. Good right now. Just, just don't your head. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. 
This is why I need a wife. Right here. Okay, I'm trying to think of what I was saying. <laughs> Withdrawing, yes. It's not always convenient. You know, Jesus, even, even when he was praying all night for his disciples, I'm sure he, he was fully God and he was fully human. We see that in the scripture. That is biblical. He wasn't just fully God. He was also fully human. How do we know this? Quick example. If he was only fully God, how can you kill a God? If he was only human, how can a human raise himself from the dead? That's just like, there's so, many, so much more, but that's a quick one. So I imagine when he was praying all night, he was very tired. I imagine he wanted to sleep. I imagine he probably felt exhausted. But he knew that that was what was important. He needed to spend time all night praying because there was an important decision to be made, and that was the 12 disciples. He also prayed, he, when he told the disciples to cross the sea, he went up and he prayed, and I think it's scripture talked about he prayed two or three in the morning or something, and then when the disciples were struggling, that's when you see him walking on the water. Imagine he was still tired then. How many times do you think he would spend in prayer when his body physically didn't feel like, feel like it? When his body physically felt tired. It's not always going to be convenient, but it's what is necessary. In Scripture, every single time Jesus prayed, God answered him. Every time. Why? Because he was always aligned with the will of the Father. Jesus said, I'm only doing what I see my Father doing. In Psalms, it says that God will give you the desires of your heart. Well, let's actually look at that. It says that those who delight in the Lord, God will give you the desires of your heart. What does the Scripture say? The Scripture says that where your heart is, your treasure also is. Where does the Scripture say your treasure should be? Your treasure should be in heaven. So our heart should be in heaven. And if that's the case, based off of Scripture... He will give you the desires of your heart when you are aligned with his will. Because your desires will be his desires. You're naturally going to want what he wants. And through that, he will give and he will answer you. Scripture says in John 14, verse 13 through 14, Jesus said, you can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. That comes when we are aligned with God's will. And as we're aligned with his will, and as we're aligned with what he wants to do, when we pray, we're praying for his will to be done. And on, along those terms, along that line, he will do anything you ask. It's not just, you, you can't just ask him for something that goes against his, his word, that goes against who he is, and then he's going to do that. No, that's not what scripture supports. 
It's saying that as long as you're aligned with him, you can ask for whatever and he will do it. How many times do we give up when we don't hear him one time? What, what needs to happen is that we just align our focus, we fix our gaze on Jesus, we align with what he wants to do, we align with his will, and as we do that more and more, we're going to see him answer more and more. We're going to see him break through our life more and more as we're aligned with him more and more each day. But again, that comes through prayer, that comes through talking to him. Because as we continue to talk to him, that's seeking him. Talking to him is seeking him. And we will experience him more in the seeking. It all goes back to intimacy. That's what's important. Knowing him better than we know anybody else, that's what's important in our life. Jesus modeled the perfect lifestyle of prayer. We need to have a lifestyle of prayer too. It's important. I'm not up here because I'm saying I'm some prayer warrior. I'm not. I'm up here because I read the Bible, and this is what it says, and this is what's showing that Christians should do, and I'm just saying this is what we should all do based off of Scripture, not based off of what I'm saying. Who cares what I say? What does the Bible say? My words are meaningless. His are worth the world. We need to know him. And that just comes through prayer over and over again. I'll say it. If you want to know him, pray. If you want to hear his voice, pray. If you want to see breakthrough, pray. Because he's a father who's waiting on his children to come and ask him something. Right now, if my son could talk, he could probably ask me for anything and I would do it. But he's waiting on us to ask him. And sometimes it's no. That's okay. That's a part of having a relationship. He's not a genie. This isn't the bottle that he's in. We can't rub this and then have three wishes. That's not how it works. And sometimes people treat it that way. No, we're supposed to have a relationship with him. We're supposed to commune with him every day because he sees right through each and every one of us. And all he's asking us to do is be transparent with him and talk to him in the good times and the bad times. Not to just shelter yourself up because he sees right through you. You're transparent to him. You can't hide anything from him. So don't try to. If you're not having a good day, say, Lord, I'm not feeling it today. Father, I know I'm supposed to spend time with you, but I'm not feeling it. I'm not, I don't feel like spending time with you. And honestly, Lord, I'm tired and I'm kind of angry. You can say that to him. You're still praying to him because you're talking to him. Just be honest with him and where you're at. And he's going to meet you there. And I, what I've found a lot of times when I've just been honest with the Lord and said, Lord, I'm just not feeling it, through being honest with Him, so many times He fills me with peace in that moment, and then I'm feeling it. 
But it comes to that transparency, transparency, that honesty. None of us in here have it all together, and we don't need to act like that when we're going to the Lord. We just need to be honest, and He will meet us there because the Lord is searching for someone who is honest. The Lord's searching for someone who has a heart for Him, and that's open. The Bible says to live in the light. What does that mean? Don't act like you have it all together. That's exactly what that means. Live open out there for Him. And He will use you. That's what we need. We need to be honest people with where we are and tell God where we are. He knows, yes, He knows everything. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. But he's just saying, talk to me. Speak to me. Have that relationship with him. And as you do that, you are going to encounter him more in your life. And you will experience him more as a loving father. And you'll, you'll get to know him in ways that you never thought possible. That's what a lifestyle of prayer does. You, you get to the point to where you get to know him more and more each day as you're being honest with him, as you're telling him what's going on in your life, and you just see him break through, and you just get to delight in the Lord, and you just get to have a good time with him. And you get to have those nights where you're just dancing in the presence of the Lord because it's, you're, you're so in love with him, and you love his presence so much that you have those times where you're just dancing, and you're enjoying his presence, and you're saying, thank you, Lord, thank you for this day. We need that. And he wants us to have that. In 1 Thessalonians 5, I think it's 17, never stop praying. Now, what does that mean? That's a good question. Now, of course... The prayer that most people think of, you know, hands like this. We can't just do this all the time, even if you're in the grocery store, when you're driving. You need to focus on the road when you drive. Actually, drive. Prayer is talking to the Lord. And we can do that whether we're speaking out loud or whether we're talking to him in our head. When I see this and I look at this scripture, what I see is it's saying at all times, have your attention and your gaze focused toward the Lord. And throughout your day, as your attention's focused toward him, whether you're working, whether you're driving, whether you're doing something, automatically you're going to find yourself talking to him. You're going to find yourself praying in your head, speaking to him. But that comes as we fix our gaze on him more and more. That's when I see this, that's what I see, is never get your attention off of Jesus. That's what I see. And this last part. It's Matthew 26, verses 36 through 46.
Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. In the moment of anguish and distress, when Jesus was to the point of, we find later that he was literally sweating blood. That's how stressed he was. What he decided to do is get on his knees and pray. Again, prayer is not just for the good times. It's also for times when you're going through it. Jesus was honest. He was transparent. He said, Lord, if there's any... He said, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. He was being honest with the Father. But then he said, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And the Lord's will was done. Because Jesus was perfect and he did everything the Father wanted him to do. Then he returned to the disciples, found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you keep watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to the temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. We need to pray so that we will not give in to temptation. Because as we pray, as we seek him, as we talk to him, we will find that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to be empowered more and more to not yield to temptation. But that comes with the lifestyle of prayer. If if you're struggling with something that keeps nagging you today, and there's a sin that you've been struggling with for a long time, what I'm saying is, is that Jesus is saying you need to pray. And have a lifestyle of prayer, because as you continue to pray to Him, He is going to strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit to not... Give in to temptation. Throughout Scripture, Jesus prayed at many times and many points. He prayed before he got arrested. He prayed at the baptism. He prayed for his disciples. All the time, he prayed before he did many, many things. And so, what's important? We do that too. We have a lifestyle of prayer. We pray before something important. We talk to them before we do, or before we make our next steps. If you want to know what God's calling you to, that's through prayer. If you want to know your purpose in life, that's through prayer. If you want to know what God thinks about you, prayer. And He'll tell you what He thinks about you. And the scripture says that it's all good, the thoughts that He has for you. It's through prayer. So let's stand. Got about four minutes, and I want us, this is what I want us to do. I want us, for the next three or four minutes, to just spend some time right now and pray and talk to the Lord and have a conversation. And maybe you, that could be praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, or just talking to Him. So spend the next three minutes right now and just pray. So Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. 
I ask, Father, that you would encounter us. I ask, Lord, that you would lift us up. I pray, Father, that your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. I ask, Lord, that what you would want to be done would be done. I pray, Father, that you would speak to us. I pray, Lord, that our ears would be open. I pray, Father, that you would move hearts in this room right now. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would rest upon each person right now in this room. I ask, Lord, for genuine encounters in this room, that people would not leave today without having an encounter with you, Father. I pray, Lord, for your love to fill each and every one of us. I ask, Lord, that you would give us more boldness to just be honest with you for where we're at. I ask, Lord, that we would come to you in each season of our life, no matter what the day looks like, we would just come to you in honesty and we would be realistic. Father, I pray that you would tell us the next steps, tell us the things that you've been wanting us to know. I pray, Father, that you would lead us and guide us to, to walk according to your will, to walk according to what you're calling us to do. I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone in this room who's struggling with temptation, I ask, Lord, that you would strengthen them by your Holy Spirit to not yield to temptation. I ask, Lord, that if there's anyone in this room who's struggling with shame or doubt, that you would come upon them now and that you would come upon them with your peace, and that you would come upon them with your confidence. And I ask, Lord, that identity would be poured into people right now, knowing who they are, knowing who you've created them to be. I pray, Lord, that we would all have a lifestyle prayer, that we would all be able to pray to you at all times, have our, our eyes focused on you at all times, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that we would be persistent because you say if you keep knocking, the door will be opened. I ask, Lord, that we would be a persistent people who pray to you and that don't stop and that we keep on knocking. In Jesus' name, amen. Be persistent in your prayers. Do not stop praying. Do not give up. Continue to pray. Continue to press in. Continue to seek him. Just like Scripture says, if, if someone comes to you in the middle of the night and they keep knocking on the door, you're going to eventually open that door. Right now, the only way my son can speak to me is by crying. If he cries enough, I will always answer. <laughs> we, the way we talk to him is through prayer. If we keep seeking and we keep talking to him, he will answer. So, thank you, Jesus. So... We're going to put five minutes on the clock and dismiss parents to get their children. And then we're going to go into a flow of worship. Um, so let's just keep our eyes focused on Jesus and take that five minutes and come back.